I ended up going, I said, maybe. I think, um, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. I'm Chris excited. I was waiting for it. Um, okay, so we have already recorded this podcast, uh, but because of Chris um, and his microphone, for some reason, his microphone sounded really weird. In fact, I'm going to show you. Chris's microphone, the first time we recorded this, sounded like this. Yeah, so that's not the best yet. I am a robot. Oh, it was worse. It was like... Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we couldn't we couldn't uh, we couldn't release that one if you know we actually want you to come back and listen to anything else we say. Um, but this episode we're going to talk about a cover band that we uh, that we took part in took yep. part in started to raise money to fund led by lanterns yeah and, and there's there's some um, amazing stories that are quite yeah. funny uh stupid things we've done things that we thought we got into trouble for things that i definitely got into trouble for and uh and stories of of overcoming some anxiety issues as well so it's a nice a nice good episode today that i think you'd enjoy yes leaning on to the uh, the funny side yeah. This is definitely a, 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 comi- a comedy a one, one, if you fancy a, a laugh, one. anyway. Yeah. Uh, okay, yes, Chris, should we just go straight into it? Let's go! Yeah, boy! Chris, um, I went for a walk today. This is um, this is a cool little story. A really quick story, though. Um, okay. I, it's just that I saw shitloads of deer. I went for a walk up Shrugborough Hall, um, which Shrug- me and Shrugborough Hall. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know what? I've passed that place so many times. Didn't know it was there. It's like a big um, park, sort of national park, sort of, sort of thing, and. Um, a stately home. Is that right? Is that what it is? Yeah. Um, and uh, we're walking around and me and Amy were taking pictures of, there's like an arc thing in the middle of the field, just randomly. So me and Amy were taking pictures like there because it looked really nice and scenic. And then over the hill, over the castle on the hill, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there was uh, there was about 60 deer. I mean, I didn't count them, but I. Oh dear! Literally, we was we started walking, seeing how close we could get, and I was hiding behind a tree. I've got a video on my phone. I want not as close as you probably can imagine that I was, but I got really, really close. And, then and there you was just someone like, um, yeah. Now they ran out into the open, and then I started. And but the thing is, I took a picture of them running back, and when you zoom into the picture, they just look superimposed for some reason. Yeah. It's just like. Oh, no one's going to believe me. They're just going <laughs> to. But I thought, oh, what a Christmassy sight! Oh uh, yeah, of course. As we're recording this on Christmas Eve. Yes, because we we tried to record this before, and it all went horrendously wrong. Yeah, so I've now... got a I've got a little clip. I've probably already played it at this point because uh, well, we do the intro last, uh, yeah. which confuses things for conversational reasons, but. Mm, yeah. Um. Okay. So, like we said in the intro, we uh, we have already recorded this podcast once but the microphone went really bad and 
it was beyond saving. Yeah, uh, it's Chris's fault. Uh, yeah, but we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> basically try to keep it almost the same because it was a pretty funny and uh, uh, well well structured podcast. You know, kind of we, me and Chris yeah. were heading in the same direction, which hasn't happened the last two podcasts so (laughs) Um, so yeah you started off by saying all right first podcast we did was the story of me and how i got into music how i came to be in led by lanterns second podcast was your story how you came to be in led by lanterns and now from now on we are combined as one and uh I, i think um before we carried on with our combined story, you asked me about something that my old band was involved in, didn't you? Yes. Okay, so the floor is yours. Yeah, so, so it was a competition. Uh, it was called uh, UK Live and Unsigned. And um, basically, it's it's like a kind of like X Factor. So it was 10,000 people oh, that entered it. Oh my God, it. sorry. My phone, just <laughs> my phone just fell off the side onto the floor. <laughs> I don't know how that even happened. I'm going to pick it up, but continue. You're just probably going to hear me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's 10,000 people, 10,000 acts that entered it. The first round, you just had to go, and you were in front of, like, three judges, very X-Factor style. Um, and then if you were good enough, they stuck you through to the first live round. And my belief about UK Live and Unsigned is, uh, like, now, it, looking back on it, is that it was a bit of a scam. So, um Basically, you were encouraged to bring as many people as you could to this live to this first live round, and it's like, and it helped. Uh, it helped your rating. It helped how you did in the competition. And looking back on it, it's like you had to sell tickets to these people for them to come. So obviously, like they're making money the more people you bring, and they're telling you that you do better in the competition with the more people you bring. So, but back then we were all naive, and we just. Um, uh, we thought, right, we lived in uh, the middle of nowhere in Wales, uh, near Aberystwyth, and we said, right, that the first round, live round, was in Manchester, which is three three hours away. So what we did was we booked a coach, and then we sold tickets to people. Um, and like The tickets included the ticket price for the actual event, and then it was also the price of the bus we split between the number of people that came. So the more people that came, the cheaper the tickets were per person, if you get what I mean. So like, we 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 yeah. really put effort into this. I remember, and, and on the coach, on the way there, I'd, I'd get there. There's like a microphone at the front of the coach that's so like, hey, and uh, I would do like a quiz. So I printed off all these sheets, and give, gave out the sheets. People would get into groups, and we'd have to get them to name their groups. Our band was called My Favorite Runner Up, so we took the letters M F R U and. Um, they had to come up with a team name that used those four letters. So it'd be like my frilly rubber underwear or my fantastic ruthless uncle <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, we did stuff like, you know, question rounds. There was picture rounds. There was some um, sound rounds where I had made a CD that we put in the bus's CD player. And then you could like, what song is this? And it was like a clip of a song. And they'd have to like write down what song we thought it was. And then we did like some physical rounds like how pick someone from your team to try and eat as many crackers and swallow the crackers in a minute as you can it's really hard you know have you ever tried to see how many crackers you can eat in a, in oh, a, in a minute i don't know i don't i've eaten crackers and cheese but um are they allowed to drink or is no. it is an, oh no. is that what literally it is? right it is it's mental it's i'm sure it's like four or so like 
the average was like so low, so much lower than you think it would be in a really? whole minute. Yeah, yeah. Oh, if I had crackers now, I'd totally I know, do it. I know you want it. I know you want to go. <laughs> It'd be like an ASMR kind of podcast, maybe eating crackers. What is like, let me look. Can I, Are you it? looking for the world record? Yeah. No. Crackers. Uh, well, to be fair, it depends what crackers they are. And you're not allowed to put anything on them. No. Um, no, it's just crackers. You're not allowed to drink. Mm. World record, number of crackers eaten in one minute. The world record is 12. Do you know what? To imagine you think you can do. You yeah. think you can do more than, and so did I. And I thought, bloody hell, everyone's doing so rubbish at this crackery in contest. And then you try it, and you're like, oh, and you just there going. You know what? You want? You really want to do? I want to have a go. Yeah, like twelve's not not hard. But I say it doesn't sound very hard. Uh, <laughs> it is. It also says on this fact, it goes Rufus Z. Ate 12 saltine crackers in one minute. Warning, speed eating can be extremely dangerous. Please do not attempt this record unless you are above the age of 18 and trained as a professional speed eater. Oh, hang on. There's a time time limit. One minute, yeah. One, oh, in one minute. Yeah. Can you eat more than one in one go? Yeah, but you've got, they've got to be swallowed. It's got to be swallowed by the end. Hang on, hang on. While he's going to get the, <laughs> I can see him. He's gone to get the crackers. We're on um, a Skype call at the moment. Um, uh, oh, he's back. What? What? We have no crackers. Uh, okay. I was gonna. I was totally gonna do that because this yeah. is recorded. We. I mean, I'd have to have done a video. I'm sure with a clock in the background yeah. or something. I could have started screen recording. To be fair. Oh, well, this was a whole tangent that we didn't go yeah. off when we first spoke about. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so I did all these competitions and stuff on the bus. It was kind of fun. And I, I, like the, the first time we tried to record this, I think we came to the conclusion that, um, yeah, doing this competition was fun, but it was also a scam. So you got, we got to the first round. You know, we did really well. We had the most people there out of anyone. We, I think the first time we did it, we took 55 people on a coach. And, you know, we went out on a night out afterwards. We had a hotel. <laughs> And it was kind of cool. You know, I remember running down the hotel corridor in the morning. We had the whole floor to ourselves. I was just like banging on the wall, on the doors, like, doof, 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 doof. well, actually, I thought we had the whole floor to ourselves. <laughs> so so I, ra I was running down the corridor going, morning, morning, banging on all the doors, banging each side, like, doof, 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 doof. and oh, then this, no. this like Chinese couple stick their head out the door, like, hello, are we in, is it an emergency? And I was like, Sorry. <laughs> no, go back to bed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, there was a few rounds, I think uh, we, four live rounds in total, something like that. And it went down from 10,000 to, we, we got to the final, which was 10 acts. That was in Portsmouth. And we took one of those school school coaches down, which I, said, I remember said last time, it has they have the three seats on one side of the aisle the two seats on the other and they're so narrow and like they've got straight back. So you just sat up completely bolt upright, like really uncomfortable. And it takes like five and a half hours to get from Aberystwyth to Portsmouth. <laughs> we had 70, yeah, 75 people on that coach. And, um, looking back, like the only reason we got through is because we brought that many people. Like I, I, I watched back the video you know, I don't think we were rubbish. There were definitely people that were worse than us, but we played the songs so fast. And like, 
that video of us playing in the final just isn't very good. Like we were a better band than we were in the final. Like, in my opinion. Was that through nerves or excitement? Both, I think. Yeah. It was I mean, kind of weird because, you know, I don't know if you've, you didn't, you do, did you do X Factor or something like that? Oh sure. yeah, I did. Uh, I, yeah. um, I uh, auditioned for it. Yeah. Actually, that's a whole, that's a whole story I've never actually spoke about. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, but like, so you'd know like the feeling of just like, it's, it's not like you get the feeling you get before a normal show where you're just excited to get out on there uh, and a bit nervous, you know, but you're not like nervous for other reasons like this. You're in the wing and there's loads of other acts in the wing all shitting themselves. Like, yeah. and, and you just, you, you're absorbing this like energy of nervousness and you, you and yeah, it is weird, really weird feeling. And we got, we got down to the final three and then the band that won it, uh, we came third. The band that won it um, were from Dogetli, which is literally where our drummer was from, just up the road from where we were. And they were doing the same thing the whole time with coaches as well. So we'd have to like fight for people in the town. And uh, their singer, well, I, there was like a public rivalry between me and their singer. And I, I still don't know if he actually hated me or not. Like, uh, yeah, I, it's I just singers of, for you. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I don't know if. I don't even know if I hated him. I, I just thought he hated me. So like, I just, it was like a thing, you know? I've never known you hate anyone, Chris. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I hated him. I just was scared of him, I think. <laughs> but um, they were older. They were talented. They're a really talented band. You know, you know David Bradley, don't you, Sean? Yes. He was a bassist. Oh, okay, cool. In that band. Um, yeah, they were called The Loaded Dice and they won UK Live and Unsigned. And the thing that gets me to realising how much of a scam it was is the fact that the prize was a record deal um, and a music video or something that you got, and they actually turned the record deal down because it was such a terrible deal. Do you know if they did the music video? Or... I don't think they... I don't know. I don't know. I think it was like the deal included a music video, so I think you had oh, to... Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so it just goes to show, like, the prize obviously wasn't really worth anything. If the band that won it turned it down, then it goes to show, like, yeah. was it even a prize? And I honestly think, like, it, when it, when the judges were choosing who would go through to the next round, it's like, um, well, there's this band that bought 75 people. Uh, they'll probably bring, you know, and they sold each ticket for whatever it was, eight quid. So they made us this much money. If, if we put them through to the next round, they're going to bring the same amount of people and make us this much money. Whereas this guy who's way better and is called Ed Sheeran or whatever, he only brought three people, his mum and his dad and his German shepherd. <laughs> and uh, so if we put him through, we're going to make less money. And I think that's literally how we got to the final. I don't think we were better than 10,000 bands. Although I don't think I've ever had this conversation with the guys like, and said, yeah. I don't think we were better than... Well, I don't think we were better than 9,997 bands. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, yeah. maybe, I don't know. But I think the number of people we brought to the show had a lot to do with it. I remember um, I've played a few shows like that, like a few competitions, the like Battle of the Bands kind type thing. And um, <clears throat> in fact, I was actually talking to, uh, if you listen to the last episode, that's called Who is John Keeling? And to cut a long story short, John Keeling is a guy... And he was the first person to ever ask if I wanted to join a band. But John remembers, so I was in a band with John and we were called 
what was we called from the get go, and he thinks and he actually strongly believes that we played a show with my favourite runner up. Yeah, weird. That's weird. See, so, uh, it could have happened. It could yeah, have happened. Th- literally, yeah. it's so possible that that could have uh, our paths could have crossed. I wonder. I want like because even if we played a show together, like I could have been in the dressing room or whatever when you played. Or you could have been in the dressing room when we played, and maybe we didn't even see each other then. But we've if that if if we did play a show together, then we've literally walked past each other and shared the same, probably the same microphone, which yeah. you might have placed down on the floor at the end of the show and got <laughs> shouted at by the sound <laughs> engineer. <laughs> yeah, could have been. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, Wow, small world. Well, the UK is a small place, really, isn't it? Let's be honest. It is, but there is a lot of venues and a lot of bands. And, you know, uh, back when I lived at the college, obviously you still do, Chris. Um, there's uh, there's a lot of bands that come and stay. Well, used to before the whole COVID thing. And, uh, you know, a lot of these bands I'd never, never heard of before. And they're, like, quite big and popular and... And you'd have thought that we'd have gigged with most of the people that come through the doors, but they're new. Most of the time, they're quite mm, new. And, the, yeah. you know, you make new friends that way. So it is very possible we we didn't. But when I first heard the name My Favourite Runner-Up, it definitely, I definitely thought, hmm, that sounds familiar. And I don't know if it's because it sounds like a different band name or what, but yeah. I definitely thought that myself. And then, so when John said it, I was like, I was thinking... Hmm. Okay. So there is something there. Maybe yeah. we just heard of you. I mean, because you guys were playing quite a lot of shows, and you had quite a bit of a following as well. So that could have been what it was. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <sighs> so that brings us on to a band that me and Chris started. So Chris, I'll let you introduce why we started yeah. this. And so this is the whole. Uh, this is during the whole time. That we were in Led by Lanterns yeah. as well. We just started Led by Lanterns and we realised we needed money. Yeah, that's it. So, you know, obviously me and Boots had been in the band previously and we'd always spent money on things. Well, you have to, you know, and bands, unfortunately, you don't make any money unless you're very big, you know, in the music, yeah. in the music world. So everything costs money and you rarely make it back. Like... It, yeah, so you, so we thought, let's. What about um, let's, you know, I already played some covers in my favorite runner up. Why don't we just like start playing those, uh, get together, just me, Sean, and Brad, our drummer, and then Boots was going to manage the the band, um, uh, just so that we can get book some gigs, some, you know, in some pubs, maybe some weddings, um, and make some money to put into Led by Lanterns. Uh, and the, I can't remember the, the first name. We went through a load of name ideas and then we settled on Wolf Cassettes um, and played a few shows, didn't we? Book, booked a few shows ourselves and um, and then we, it was the guys in Retro Youth who we gigged with, with Led by Lanterns, who told us about this agency. They did the same thing. They were in a cover band and they were on an agency called Garston. Um which uh, when we first tried to record this podcast, you, you said, you know, a lot of respect for Garston, didn't you, Sean? Like, Yeah, it was the best thing that we ever did. And if you want to earn any money. So there's probably, a, I mean, there's got to be somebody listening to this that wants to go down the whole cover band route, which is a very different path to 
what we do in Led by Lanterns and, you know, like our friends in Waster and all that. Being a cover band, it is actually where the money is, especially at the stage that we're at now. And um, and I would genuinely recommend it if you have the time and you and you want to put the effort in. But uh, yeah, so we was on a we was on an agency called Garston, I believe. Um, obviously, when uh, I can't remember, one of the Chuckle Brothers died, didn't they? Which one? Was I, I don't know. I'm sure one of the Chuckle Brothers died. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the Chuckle Brothers were on them. I'm sure Gareth Gates was on them. The uh, Jedwards were on it. Jedward, yeah. Mm. So there was a quite a few like. Highbrow acts, <laughs> if you like. Highbrow, Jedward. And then there were, <laughs> <laughs> then there were uh, high fringe acts. Yeah. Um, and then there were there, there was us and a lot of bands that had just started out, and uh, so we had to kind of prove our worth. And so they tested us. So it's it's be- worth bearing in mind that there was just three of us at this point. Um, obviously, we had Val, who was our photographer. She also tour managed us on these things, and she helped out a hell of a lot. But actually playing the music, there was me, Brad, and Chris. So Brad used, used to be the drummer of Led by Lanterns. And um, so there was me, Brad, and Chris. Uh, Brad obviously played drums. Chris played either guitar or bass, because we swapped and sang. And then I played guitar or bass and sang so it was only a three piece nice little setup uh and we played to a backing track as well as playing bass guitar and drums live with the tracks which we we recorded all the tracks as well because we had an acoustic guitar and a bass so any songs we did like mr brightside which had electric guitar lead and stuff we'd track that we'd record that beforehand onto the tracks just to make it sound like the actual song yeah (laughs) yeah so we got given a gig, so obviously we'd done a few gigs before this, um, just by ourselves. We kind of put in our own price, which was very low. Um, you know, like, uh, well, we didn't realise it was low, but it, what, what did we do it for? Like 300 quid? Something like that, yeah. Um, so then we got in touch with Garston. Garston told us the prices that they pay, at least, you know, for new acts. And so we were talking like 500, 700 pounds. Goes to us. Um, obviously, we had to pay tax on that um, because we did it quite a lot. Um, five, five, six, seven hundred pound per show at a Haven Park, and we we got one show. We played this show, and um, we must have done really well. And there's a reason why we did really well, <laughs> <laughs> um, because we thought we'd completely messed it up. So, yeah, before- so at the end of the show, they have to send back feedback to the agency. In order for us to get more gigs. And obviously, because it was our first show, it was very important that that feedback was positive. Uh, Otherwise, that would be the end of the road with them for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, Um, So if you you try to picture this scene, we've just got to the venue. We've sound checked. Everything sounds great. We're happy. And they've just said, okay, we're going to start bingo now. So can you just pack all your stuff just into the middle of the stage and we uh, and just just head over to backstage? And just hang out for a little bit. Because we had like an hour or two before we had to go on stage or yeah. maybe more. Um, and so there was a side door. There was there was a little double door on, I mean, on just on the side, just as in, in the back. And we were just kind of waiting there. We was like, what do we do now? Like we could have gone around the arcade. We could have done anything. But we just chose to just hang out in that little area. And um, we opened the double doors. 
And I thought it'd be hilarious to get some sellotape. Well, not masking tape. What's it called? Duct tape. Um, I don't know where I got it from, but I remember if anybody knows Brad, you know that he's, uh, he's, he's quite a hairy guy. <laughs> so um, I stuck it on his leg. I don't know why. I think he was wearing shorts. Was he wearing shorts? Must have been. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, I, said to, I said to him, Brad, let me put this on your leg. And he was like, Okay, because I don't know why. <laughs> so I stuck it onto, onto his leg and I just started ripping this tape off and started like basically waxing his leg. I mean, I know it sounds grim and it was, and that, but that's what we did. I don't know why, um, just because we've done some stupid stuff. Um, so I was waxing his leg. <laughs> and, as you um, do, as you do. So I was kind of like ripping it off and Brad was going, ah, you know, shouting and... Chris then uh, went missing to find a pink elephant's head. Now, every Haven Park or every holiday park, they have mascots where, um, uh, is it Redcoats? Where a couple of their fun stars, I think they call them. Yeah, fun uh, they stars, wear, They wear these like um, costumes and they've got these big heads. You, you know the type, I'm sure everybody's aware. Anyway, Chris found this pink head and like walked. It was <laughs> walked ele- pink outside. elephant, pink giant pink elephant's head that which you could stick on your head and put your head inside. Obviously, it's part of a giant elephant's costume, I guess. Yeah, and uh, so Chris walked out whilst <laughs> I was waxing Brad's leg. Uh... Chris walked out with the elephant's head. Was going hello. <laughs> <laughs> And um, as he, as he walked outside, the, the the entertainment's manager came out and went, "Guys, you're pissing everyone off!" <laughs> like they were playing bingo. So if you if you don't know what bingo is, it's it's a game that ends up. So they call numbers out and it goes quiet. <laughs> right? so and if you've quiet. got the number, you tick it off. Um, so yeah, uh, everyone could hear Brad go, "Ah!" and Chris going. Hello. <laughs> so uh, it turns out he was pissing everybody off. So that was before the show. So then we en- when we ended up actually playing the show, we thought, my God, this is going to get back to Garston. Yeah. They're going to kick off. They're going to kick us off unless we play a really good show. So we did. We put 110% into this show. And um, it, 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 it seemed to do the trick. Yeah. However, it's, we, we ended up putting way more effort in than we, what was needed. But we got liked for it. And um, so after that show, we got contacted by Garston. Obviously, we were worried we were going to get told off. But um, quite the opposite. They said, we've got this many shows for you booked. You did really well. You left a great impression. Yeah. We've got all these shows booked. Yeah, so there's then- loads of shows. Yeah, I remember that, all, that show was was really good because there, there was the... Um, it's like a... It was obviously it was at a holiday park and they have like a big entertainment room. There's tables going all the way back, probably like 500 people, maybe yeah, about that much in there. And uh, at the back wall, you've got like the uh, like a tuck shop where you they, the kids can buy like little toys that like flashing, swirling things that they can ha- like yeah. spin. And then there's like the pizza play, there's Papa John's at the back. And I remember Sean, you were like, everyone in Papa John's, get your hands in the air, and they were like, woo. Yeah, that was it. They were waving the torches. Do you know, we were playing like a bit of a slow song. And they were waving the torches That's and they were it. getting well involved. It was great. Yeah, um, that was cool. But the, there were there were big shows. Yeah. There were really big shows. Um 
I mean, bigger than the shows that we play in Led by Lanterns, really. Because, I mean, some of the shows were like, there were a thousand people. Yeah, there. I think there was, yeah, there's a, a big contrast. Like, some of them were that big, yes. And then some of them were not so big, which, I, you know, I'll talk about one of the not so big shows later on when we start getting through the set list of what we used to play. But, um, yeah, it was like all ages. It was like, they were like family shows. So you'd have like full families there, parents, kids. I remember there was something, one thing you did, Sean, to the kids once. Do you remember? You, you, all you get, do you remember the da- the flossing dance thing that you oh, do with yeah, your arms? Was, yeah. So we play two, sh- we play two sets, um, two 45 minute sets. And this one particular uh, show it was because the football was on. They wanted us to play all the songs in one go. And flossing was like a thing, you know, like the dance that the kids do. I think it coming from <laughs> Fortnite or something like that. And um, I said to the kids, I said, guys, I dare you to... Because they already started flossing on our first song. So I was like, I dare you to do that for the whole of our... <laughs> the, like the whole time that we're here on stage. And they were like, okay, literally about an hour and 15 minutes in. They were still doing it. And I, was, I was just laughing my head off. And one of them started like saying, I can't feel my hands. I can't feel my hands. And he was, and you could tell, I was like, okay, guys, you can stop now. Cause I just thought, hang on, this is, this is turned bad. But they'd committed to doing this flossing thing. Like they were like, no, I'm not going to stop. And the dad was getting so furious with us. They ended up, the dad just ended up, I was like, okay, you can stop now. I was looking at the dad. The dad was giving me evil eyes. And then, um, <laughs> He came over, just picked the kid up over his shoulder and then started walking out. And this kid was still trying to floss as he was like being picked up. And he was like, he was like, stop it. <laughs> it was hilarious. Oh, God. It was hilarious. Um, so uh, I've got a list here, Chris. And obviously we did this podcast the other day, which you completely messed up. Um, but do you remember, do you, let's see what you can remember uh, from the set. What did we open up with? Just a day by Feeder. Yeah, that's it. Great song. Um, and then second song. God knows. You'll, you'll know it because there's a story with this one. Uh, I don't know. What was second? Use somebody. Oh God! So, so um, I, I'll just say, like, because obviously we played with the backing tracks, and um, in order for us to start at the same time and to look cool, like to to start out of nowhere, it's a trick that I learned from a band called Tonight Alive. Actually, they did it. I was like, how the hell did they just start that song out of nowhere? And it's because normally in a band, the drummer would go one, two, three, four, down and down and down. Oh, whoa. But um, because we had a clip track in our ears anyway, you can like have these secret cues in your ears which go like one, two, three, four. And for you, somebody, because you start straight away singing in a key, uh, normally you just go brown. You'd ring out on first. Gu- on the guitar. Yeah, yeah, so you'd be like, okay, that's the note. Oh, whoa, in that in that key. But because you got the track in your ears, again, you can do the same little cheat in your, in your ears. So we had a count in in the ears that went, use somebody. One, two, three, four. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, um, and who made the track for this one? Uh, it was me, yeah. Okay, so yeah. you know how that went. So right? I knew that there was four clicks. 
So it went, you somebody, and then there was, then one, two, three, four, then we start on that. But for some reason, right, obviously, only, only, <laughs> only, only us band members can hear that in our ears. Like, so it's hidden from the crowd. So in my head, I'm hearing, you somebody. And for some reason, I forget that there's another one, two, three, four. So I start going, oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> out of nowhere. And so because it's because the song actually starts four beats later, I actually ended up going, you somebody. Oh, oh, well. <laughs> and obviously, right, Sean, do an impression of what, what the crowd heard. Oh, the crowd must have heard one of us go, <laughs> Guys, you're gonna know this one. Sing along if you if you if you know what know what it is. Go. Oh, oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, he cocked his back leg up as well, <laughs> gave it some proper welly, and he was just like, oh, oh! Imagine doing that. It was so funny. It was so funny. Yeah, no, that was, and I remember it was so funny straight away because we were trying to sing the rest of the oh, intro yeah. like, oh, <laughs> 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 yeah, I was crying, Chris was crying, uh, Brad was crying, Val watching us was like, oh my god, <laughs> I forget <laughs> what the fuck is going on. I just go out out of nowhere, dead silence. Oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. I just, I'd love to have been a spectator to that. Yeah. I just, and it wasn't really... even like just my voice because I had the acoustic in my hand. So I also went like, brown, <laughs> brown, no, 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 no. So it was like a proper brown. It was the same kind of oh. thing that, you know, when you try to sing happy birthday to somebody too, too early and you go, ha, happy <laughs> <Yeah>. birthday. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Anyway, what did we play after that? Do you know? No. What was next? This was a really good one. Nine to five. Oh, yeah. Banger. Great song. Stumbled out of bed, I stumbled to the kitchen, stumbled out of bed, and stumbled out of the kitchen. Stumbled, 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 stumbled. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, we, sometimes I had to play, sing all of Chris's songs. Um, so, so Chris sung, sung some of these and I sung others. Um, but sometimes Chris was away working with other bands or whatever and we'd get like a stand-in and I'd, ha I'd have to sing some of Chris's songs. And some of them were so hard to learn. <laughs> Thank God for the backing tracks though because sometimes it was, we'd have like, you know, we play Angels by um, Robbie Williams and um, like the lyrics literally come... I sit, I, you go, I sit and wait. And yeah. then you go, I sit and wait. Does an angel, does an angel. <laughs> um, I've my fate. Yeah, that's literally what we were hearing. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I guess you played this for a little while, but we did stop, but you did play it once. Um, I think actually before before 9 to 5, we played Superstition. Oh, Sorry, yeah. I, complete, oh, yeah. I completely missed that. No, the banger. Uh, and then we played two Ed Sheeran songs, which was Galway Girl. Actually, it was Castle on the Hill first. Castle on the Hill. Of my, one of my favourite songs to cover. And then we played um, uh, Galway Girl. And yeah, with Castle on the Hill, when he went in the line in Castle on the Hill, he goes, I was running from my brother and his friend. And you would go, <laughs> when I was six years old, I broke my leg. Dun, 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 dun. I was running from the. Oh, sorry, this is the I next was, verse. I was it? running from the. I was running through the back street. Da, da. 
Oh no, I can't remember. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, but, but he used to sing as running from my brother and his leg. <laughs> <laughs> and all the kids that knew the word were just words were just like, huh, leg. <laughs> um, but then we played Galway Girl, um, which is uh, a massive part of my life. Because not not a good reason either. It like started a whole heap of anxiety on my. It, 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 so what happened is we played it and we played it a few times before it was never a problem but if you've ever heard Galway Girl it's like um, I just said let's go um, I met her on Grafton Street right side of the bar she shared a cigarette with me while my brother played the guitar she asked me didn't, I can't remember the lyrics now it's been so long but um, a lot of lyrics very quickly uh, without a yeah. lot of space to breathe yeah and then the chorus comes along and you've like had no time and I don't know if it was it was a part of you know, for the first few songs, I was a little bit nervous of any show. I still am today, but like, I couldn't breathe, man. I literally couldn't breathe. And mm. the one we played one show where I got to the chorus and I just said to Chris, I was like, sing the chorus. And because literally I felt my vision just go from my peripheral down to center. And I just, it, I was just, I was blacking out. That's what was happening. Yeah. I didn't actually pass out on stage. <laughs> But um, I said to Chris, after we got through it, through the skin of our teeth, and um, uh, I said to Chris, can you just play, can you play something just for a second? Luckily, I mean, I didn't even know Chris knew another song. I was just so desperate to get off stage. And luckily, Chris played Time of Your Life yeah. by Green Day. And I went backstage and literally had a full-blown panic attack. Luckily, the um, the guys came around the back uh, who work there and... Um, they were like giving me like sugary drinks and like, you know, Do you know, and, I, uh, I didn't know that the, the staff came and helped you that day. Yeah. Yeah. They that. knew, they knew something was wrong. Yeah. And I think everybody watching knew it was, but like, it's just one of those things where if you ever mess up, sometimes the, I mean, it wasn't a mess up, but like if something goes wrong, I think sometimes the best thing to do um, is just to carry on. It's just to try to carry on it as best as you can. And yeah. look at it. Hopefully most people won't notice. And that's one thing that you've shown me over the years that just keep going forward. Like people, if you say something wrong, they do it on the news all the time. Actually, if you hear like, they always like yeah. mispronounce a word, but then they'll, they'll change it dead quick. And I've forgotten it because they've just recovered so, so it, quickly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, that's something you're really good at, Chris, apart from one moment, but we'll get to that. And, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that started a whole thing. I was, I, was, I, get, I got nervous every time um, we played that song. Every time, like we, we played a few, uh, a few songs and I just get so nervous about it. Yeah. I never really got over it, um, but it did get better. And, I, it, you know, I told myself to just... Uh, I, I had to tell myself a lot of things before going on stage. I had to almost have a bit of arrogance and tell myself before we play this song, like, you're here watching me. Like, this is something that most of you guys can't do. And it sounds so arrogant, and it is, but I had to give myself a weird yeah. boost of confidence to get through that because no, I was so it, nervous. It was, um, well, nice isn't the word, but it, we, I don't know what else to use. It was inspiring, actually, seeing you because... I could see the thoughts in your head, you know, I could see you do this breathing thing and I'd know exactly what you're thinking about. Sometimes I'd come over and say something. I'd be like, you know, you got this. Yeah. Well, just get, get, get through that song and then it's done then, you know, and you already know it's going to be done. So like try and jump forward now to that time in your head. Done. Job's done. Moving on. Yeah. And sometimes I just leave you to it. And it's amazing. 
in such a short time, you know, we were only in this cover band about two years, maybe a bit less actually. And uh, you went from being fine to that incident happening and it knocking you for six, but then you overpowering that feeling. Obviously you said you're still not a hundred percent over it all, but it's definitely made you way better at dealing with that kind of anxiety. You have, uh, in my mind, you've definitely gained control over it at least. You know, a you, little bit, you, yeah. you can recognize it now, you know when it's coming and you've got steps in place that you take to try and overcome it. It's, it doesn't fully overwhelm you anymore. Or at least I haven't seen that for a long, long time, you know? Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, I mean, I remember having a conversation with Snake about it. Um, and uh, I said something to him and it resonated with Snake. And that's the first time I thought, oh, wow, I'm not the only person that feels this way. I said to him, you know what, Snake? Like, I mean, Snake wasn't even a drummer in this band at that point. Like, I've known Snake for years. And yeah. um, I saw Snake. Uh, he came over to the college for some reason. I can't remember. It was something to do with his old band. And I said to him, you know, he was telling me about his anxieties. And I said to him, you know what? Sometimes I just become hyper aware of myself like literally i could just fuck everything up if i wanted to like i could just halfway through a song just be like ah fuck you you know <laughs> like literally i know that sounds so funny but <laughs> the thought that that could just like happen is just like whew. and yeah. it just it got me and it, and uh it always got me in the same song in the same bit and snake just his eyes lit up and he was just like exactly you know, because Snake has definitely had his fair share of uh, mental health issues. And um, he uh, he kind of made me feel like, you know, I'm not on my own. And I know I'm not on my own. And it's not just me and Snake. God, the amount of people that we've spoke to on tour and, and they've said stuff that have helped me figure out what I'm going through as well. Like, learn, you, I'm constantly learning about anxiety. I'm constantly learning what trigger me and what what's, what's coming from something else. And there's a lot to learn as well, but... Yeah, yeah that that was a big moment in my life anyway. Um, yeah. After Galway Girl, what did we play? Uh, okay, that was another one of mine. It was Want You Back. I Want You Back. The Jackson 5. Yeah, I Want You Back. That was really fun. I, play, I was playing the bass on that. And it was like... Dum. It was a tune. Oh, what a banger. Uh, Brown Eyed Girl. Oh, is that the one that is that the first one? Oh yeah, that was it. I always used to try to mess up the start because it's kind of you played guitar for so that. So I didn't played you? that, like, that bit at the start of Brown Eyed Girl. Yeah, it goes and I've I messed it up like a few times in a row, and then it became a thing where Sean would get everybody who's watching us to go. So Chris normally fucks the start of this bit up. So everybody, I mean, I don't watch. say that you can't. Oh, really sorry, swear. you can't swear. Yeah, apart from. Yeah. When I swore by mistake that time, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> oh God, I don't even want to think about it. Um, yeah, and he'd make everybody you look at me. You know what's funny? I know you hate talking about that because oh, it's probably yeah, one of the worst yeah. things that's happened. Oh, and and yeah. you've already had to tell this story, but we're going to have to tell it again. That's hilarious. Well, let me finish the brown eyed girl story first. Like I try and play that do, 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 do. And everybody's watching me. You're looking at my fingers. You're stood right by me. And if I'm about to play it right, the second I get to the last bit, you always used to stick your finger on my fretboard. Do you remember? And make <laughs> yeah. it go like I would get to the, it would normally go do, 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 do. 
one and go into the verse and I'd be so happy that I nailed it. And then you'd go, do, 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 do. Because <laughs> you'd stick your finger on the fretboard. And, uh, I used to say, dude, if you get this right, I'll buy you a drink. Oh, yeah. And if you get it wrong, you buy me a drink. That's it. You yeah. owe me a lot of drinks. I never, <laughs> yeah. I never said if I mess it up for you. Mm, yeah. um, after that, we played The Middle. Oh, no, we didn't. We played Ring of Fire. Both bands. Uh, yeah, most bands do that, yeah. Um, the Middle by Jimmy Eat World, which we eventually had to drop because nobody knew who that was. Not a lot of people knew yeah, who weird. that was. Weird. Yeah, weird. Yeah. Big uh, fix, fix You by Coldplay and Uptown Funk. And that was our first set. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then after that first set, what would normally be the case is we'd go into uh, the backstage area, we'd have about half an hour, you could go and get a drink, and then half an hour later, we'd come back on. And what we'd come back on to is the medley, which, which is what it's called here, but the medley was just a, a whole bunch of songs that were current at the time, uh, some old ones thrown in there as well, but it, we played it all in the same key, so it was like an 11-minute track. Yeah, which, the medley which, is still there's still a recording of that online. Which I I've said when we first recorded this, we can we should put it in the Lanterns Alliance uh, yeah, members yeah. only area so that people can listen to it because it's quite a nice. Uh, it's cheesy, but it's nice to listen yeah, to. I, yeah, I actually, yeah, I don't mind it. I I still like that. Mm. I wonder if we tried, we could play it now. Now, well, not now, but like, uh, and then I've got a feeling. Yeah, we played. Uh, oh boy, here we go. And then for this song, we thought we'd switch it completely up and get Brad to play guitar just for two songs, just for two songs. And Chris, because Chris can play drums, he used to teach um, drums as well. Uh, Chris would jump on the drum kit, which was, you said last time it was really nice to have yeah, a, like a change. It was, of... it, it was nice because obviously, like, I hadn't played drums in a band for forever. And, uh, it, like some of these gigs, like you said a minute ago, were pretty big, and I get to. Well, obviously, drummers are used to the power of the kick drum and the snare drum coming yeah. through the PA. But like, it was nice to sit down and play these two. You know, play two songs or a song and a half or whatever it was on the drums, and that it was just like a refreshing part of the set. People thought it was pretty cool how we could swap. Uh, it made us a bit different to other cover bands, and and, and it's funny that the reason why we were different to other cover bands is because we'd been an originals band first. And none of us had ever watched a covers band. And, and you said, um, you know, we went to see one after doing this for like a year. And we saw yeah. that all they did was go, so this next one is um, Mr. Brightside. And they play Mr. Brightside and they go, this next one is um, Uptown Funk. And they play Uptown Funk. Whereas we did all these gimmicks. I remember, you know, we were in the arcade before the show. We won a bunch of arcade machine tickets. And I'd be like putting them up my arm, hiding them in the sleeve and leaving like one little ticket sticking out of my cuff at my wrist. And then when the, we invite like one of the little kids up on the stage and go, and I'll be like, and there's a magic trick. Go on, grab the little yellow tab and pull. And the kid pull, pull all these little uh, Chris, tickets out. I've got to go. So, someone's at the door. Hang on. Okay. Literally. I'll keep telling this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right, um, You'll have to film me when I get back. What's all right. Up? Yeah. So and we do stuff like that. We get the, the, um, the kid would keep pulling the tickets out. They'd be like, wow, amazing. Where did that come from? And, you know, the little kids' minds would be blown by that stuff. And we did other things. Like when we played Mr. Brightside, we got, um, we had these inflatable guitars that we hid behind the drum kit the whole time. And when we got to that song, we'd pick them up 
and be like, we need a new guitar. Um, you know, we've only got one guitarist, but we need a second guitarist for this song. Who can play guitar? And then we get them to come and play um, the inflatable guitar, which obviously you can't even play properly. But they just love it. We jump up and down. Um, what else did we do? Uh, well, we'll talk about the conga line in a bit when when Sean's back. But um, yeah, basically, we did definitely put on way more of a show than a normal cover band would. And part of that was us swapping positions. And um, so Brad would go up and, and play acoustic guitar um, for two songs. Um, what, what song was it? Oh, it's Sweet Home Alabama. That's it. So Brad would go up. Play Sweet Home Alabama on the acoustic guitar, and Sean would still sing it. Um, and it would be really nice. Brad was quite shy when we first started doing it because Brad was, you know, first and foremost a drummer, and uh, he was just didn't like getting up with the acoustic guitar at the front of the stage. But he slowly got better at it, and that's what I used to say. You know, when Brad finished the songs and sat back down again, um, he played uh, Sweet Home Alabama, and there she goes. Um, then he'd sit back down and I would go back up and I'd say, you know, make some noise for Brad. Um, he, he's a shy kind of guy, but he's getting better and better at, at it every time. Everyone would applause for Brad. And then I'd say, you know, it's it's a it's it's hard to be out of your comfort zone. And um, I mean, you know, I was being honest, it is difficult to get out of your comfort zone behind the drum kit where you're hidden behind the back of the stage and come forward one more time. Give it up for Brad. We love him. And then everybody would clap, right? And this one, this one time, right? Bearing in mind, these are family shows, right? Kids of all ages, families, you know, up to grandparents, etc. All sat there on their tables. And uh, at the front, in front of the tables was a little dance floor area. So it was all ages. I'm back. Hey. <laughs> so it's all ages of people at the shows, right? And so... You're not allowed to swear, right, at all. It's just, yes! It's... I was so scared I was going to miss this bit. <laughs> no, so, so you're not allowed to swear. Anyway, so Brad goes and sits back down again. And I say, make some noise for Brad. And I said, every, every time he does it, he gets better and better. Uh, we fucking love him. And the entire <laughs> room, the entire room, because I said, we fucking love him like that. And... Everybody stopped. There was about 600 people in there making all kinds of noise because they're not all watching us. They're all yeah. chatting on their table. You know, it's a cover band. We're in the background a bit. There is a dance floor at the, at the front where people who are more into it are dancing and singing along. But not everyone. They're all chatting. So to have... But every- what's more important, that the people that were right at the front, therefore in better earshot of what you just said, were all kids. Because yeah. for some reason, at the start of each set... The adults, obviously, they, they don't hang around on the dance floor. That becomes like a children's play area. So for the first set, for the first, like, four songs in a set, it that it's just kids. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? At the front. And Chris obviously said, fucking down the mic. And it's the first time. Normally he says, everybody give it up for Brad. Every time he does this, he gets more and more confident. You know, he's a shy guy. So everybody give it up for Brad, right? And the only time you've ever gone, and we love him. Yeah. yeah. He went, yeah, we fucking love him. Like dead clear. And it was like, everybody, I've never seen, a, I've never seen a, a room go so dead. It was like a horror movie. 600 <sighs> heads swiveled straight towards me, followed by dead silence for about 10 seconds. It could have been worse. Oh. People could have started booing. Well, you made like it worse. Yeah, what did you do? Oh, no, I thought, I thought, 
<laughs> I thought I thought I was gonna make so Chris is the king of carry on, that didn't happen. But this time, you know, because we've messed up before. This isn't the first time we've messed up, but we've never said we've never messed up like that. We've got the words wrong, or we've played yeah. the wrong oh, chord. Like if if we'd sw- sworn by mistake in the past, not I don't, not that we did, but if we would have done, no one would have noticed, and it would have been blended into something. But this one time, it was so clear, and everybody <laughs> noticed. Every and single we person fucking love him. But, but and we, we uh, fucking love him. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought so I'm not good under pressure right um, there's a few times when we started this band and I wasn't confident talking down the microphone Chris would have to like deal with some sort of technical issue and he'd go Sean just say something and I'd literally and this did ha- actually happen a few times I'd go to the mic and go how's it going guys <laughs> You know, so Chris just looked at me. His face was just going red, and I was like, "I got you, bro. I'm gonna say something." But obviously, the first thing in your head's not always the best thing to say. And I just went, "Oh boy!" (laughs) So anybody in the room who might have been thinking, "Did he just say that?" Hang on, did he just say that? All of their thoughts were confirmed the second Sean leant into his mic and said, Oh boy! Because it obviously admits... It it doesn't... You know what you're supposed to do is take their focus and throw it away and move on. Move the focus onto something else. Sean narrowed the focus further directly onto me. And I was just like... I wanted the world to swallow me up. Everybody still staring at us. Brad was Brad behind me was having a heart attack. He was just like, I don't know if I should push play on the next track. And and eventually, after the total of silence was probably about twenty seconds. No, luckily, you're right. Nobody said anything. Nobody started booing. I just nodded to Brad, and Brad hit play, and I on the next track, and I just said. Anyway, this next song is blah blah, and we just can't remember what was the next song. We went, we went straight into Mr. Brightside, which ended up being really great because yeah, we got God. inflatable guitars yeah. and we gave that to some kids, you know, to show. I mean, we did that normally, yeah. but like we had kids <sighs> come up and play guitar, and it was just like, no, it is a family show. Just please don't say anything to the boss, you know. Even though the boss was probably in the room. Uh, I remember speaking and we were like so apologetic to the staff, but they went, don't worry, it's literally happened to the best of us. So luckily nothing came of that. But again, we thought we... we, we, we <laughs> what a horrible moment. Yeah, they're going to kick us off this agency. Ooh, I still have I still have flashbacks of that, you know. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. You've had God. to tell this story twice now. Oh. That's hilarious. Um, so then after that, well, obviously we played Mr. Brightside, always a great song. Everybody gets on the, on the dance floor. Um, we used to play I'm Yours by Jason Mraz, which everybody used to sit back down for. So we, uh, it's a good song, but people don't really want to dance to it. So we, um, so we, uh, kind of scrapped that one off after a bit. We we kept coming back every now and then I remember, um, if we needed a longer, yeah, weddings, if we needed a longer set. Yeah. Um, so weddings, actually, what I said on the last podca- podcast, the one that we had to scrap, um, was weddings is a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, financially as well, you could earn probably like triple what you earn at a holiday yeah. park and quadruple. Uh, however, some, like some remember the deal, the deal with us was in order to be booked for a wedding, they could choose a first dance song and, yeah. and we had to learn it. So it's like, <sighs> well, we didn't have to. 
We thought that that was the case. Oh, because yeah. we learned a whole Beyonce song. Yeah, literally. We played a wedding and we played a whole... What song was it? It was a, it was a song by Love Beyonce. Love on Top. You. You're the only one I'll need. And then in that song, there's probably about... 10 key changes. Obviously, Chris sang this because his range is phenomenal. But um, so <laughs> it's not phenomenal. We we thought we thought that we were going to play the set and then they were going to have their first dance. Turns out when we got to the wedding, they wanted their first dance before the party. Do you remember? Yeah, the first yeah, yeah. bit of music played, they wanted us. To, uh, they wanted a song. Yeah. They just wanted us to play the song through the speakers. Just we. Our job was to download the fucking song, and we learned the whole song. Oh yeah, I know. Made so a backing track. There's so many key changes at the end of yeah. it. We have to learn. It's like you learn the song, and then with that song, you have to learn the same chorus in about five different keys because it's yeah goes up and up and up and up first, and up. Do you remember the first 30 seconds of that song? Yeah, they were thinking like, that we might have learned the wrong song. Yeah, because they were looking at us like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah, they expected us to play the music. But what we did is played the song, actually yeah. played it. And so we started, and Chris obviously gave a nice little speech. Everybody give it up for the, the bride and groom. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> congratulations uh, if you'd like to blah, 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 blah. The whole spiel. And was like, we're going to play a song for you. This is, this is blah, blah, blah. And they, they, they held on to each other as if they were going to dance. And then we started playing and they were like, what are you doing? And like, they were just looking at us and everybody started looking at us because they were looking at us. And I was like... Obviously, Chris being the king of, just carry on, we just carried on. But for 30 seconds, we genuinely thought yeah. that we were playing the wrong song. I was like, but it turned honey, out they actually honey, enjoyed it. I can see the wind underneath your ear. I can't remember what the words are. Every time you live in And they were just like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, they spoke to us after and they said, yeah, sorry, we didn't expect you to do that. But, however, I'm glad you did because you did a really nice cover of it. We just didn't know if you were any good. We didn't know if this band was any good. Yeah. So we weren't expecting it for the first dance. Like, we spoke about it, but we thought it's probably best if they don't play it. Yeah, That's something, um, actually, I, it's horrible that it was the first song we played because there's, I don't know if you feel the same, Sean, it's like playing a set the first song is like warm up time. No matter how much yeah. you've warmed up backstage, it's like it's better if the first song is something you're really familiar with, comfortable with. You can set yeah. yourself in, you know, yeah. get used to the sound of the room, the feeling of the crowd, playing something that you know very well. It's absolutely fucking horrible when you the first song you have to play is a song you've just learnt and never played in front of anyone before, and yeah. and they're looking at you like, well, what the hell are you doing? So, you know, I... <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it's it's so playing somebody's wedding song is always because uh, we had yeah. to do it a few times. I think Chris, you did it, you did it more than me. But I remember I had to learn. I see trees of green. Oh, that was so good. Red, red, and the chords are so hard. I like, see trees of green. Remember. I want to see if I can quickly remember them. Yeah, I bet you won't. Trees. Green. That's it. I see trees of green. Uh, no, I can't. I, I remember the first two chords. I see trees <laughs> green. Red roses too. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. I see them. I literally can't remember. I 
<laughs> the second you open your mouth to sing, and you know it's their wedding song, it's such an important song to, to do and not mess up. It's the most important day and of it, their lives. Yeah, and it's it's normally it's normally a new song. Like, they don't ever have, like, oh, can you play Uptown Funk for our wedding? They never say that. They do always, <laughs> it's always, like, a slow song that we wouldn't have learned. Can so it's always you new. play Uptown Funk for wedding? Oh, dude, do you remember that one that we both had to sing? And it was by the Ramones. And although the Ramones are a very uh, respected band, we had to play the worst song we've ever, ever played. Which song is that? And it was, Baby, I love you. <laughs> Come, Come on, baby, baby, I love you. <laughs> love you, baby. Baby, like, I love you. Yeah, it was a terrible song. Sorry, Ramones. I mean, but you're not listening, are you? So, but that song was bloody massive, though, wasn't it? Yeah, God. they loved it. They loved it. Uh, where did we get to, uh, Mr. Brightside? Okay, then I sang "King of the Swingers," ah, yeah, which good. you got kids to be monkeys. Yeah. And I used you to go kids. down off the stage with my wireless bass and just like be a little monkey walking around playing the King of the Swingers. I'm King of the Swingers. Then we played Wonderwall by Oasis. Yes. Which is hilarious because oh, I, yes. I remember the story that gets him. So there's two songs, and I think they're both from Oasis, right? So there's there's a chorus that goes, I said, maybe you're going to be the one that saves me. That's, that's Wonderwall. Which is, which is Wonderwall. And then there's, I said, maybe I don't really want to know. I think that's the... the Are I you think, God yeah. So I think that's... Is it? I said maybe. I don't really want to know. Are you searching? Don't it? really want to know how your maybe. garden grows. Live forever by Oasis. Yeah. Okay. Is it? I said maybe. It just goes maybe. Yeah. I don't really want to know. Okay. So there must have been a semi uh, Oasis fan because. We were singing the song, and it was an after. And there are many things that I would like to say to you, and I don't know how. And then I go, I said, maybe. And a woman that I was staring at, uh, because she was singing back to me, like with full passion in her eyes, singing this song back to me. She went, I don't really want to know. <laughs> and it completely messed my head because I was meant to be going, um, I said, maybe. you got to be the one, the one that saves me. So I, I ended up going, I said, maybe. And then, um, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and everyone just you know, looked at me like, are you okay? It is funny, like, because sometimes, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you're the same, Sean, but I can be on stage Playing guitar, playing something like dan, 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 with the guitar, singing over the top of it, completely singing lyrics properly, but my brain is somewhere completely different, like miles away thinking about that's, things. That's what the anxiety thing stemmed from. <laughs> is is imagine doing these this thing that you've done for like So on tour, what happens is I get really nervous for the first two shows, then I get super confident within myself and then towards the end and or say towards 70 to 80 90 percent of the way through the tour i then get those first nerves again like mm. 
it's it's kind of like I've become hyper aware. Like I go on stage and I'm like in that mode where like I'm not thinking about something else, but it's just like I'm not thinking about what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden your brain goes, imagine if you fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, whoa. You know, and it, it becomes, you know, but I find it a lot easier with Led by Lanterns than I did in the cassettes. The reason being is the cassettes you were expected to not mess up. Uh, Led by Lanterns, I guess it's the same thing, but... I have messed up and the fan, like any fans of ours don't care. Any people that aren't fans don't know. So it's like, they're just happy to see you play a show, you know? And I'm, I, I've, I've watched bands that I really like and they've completely messed up to the point where they've had to stop. And it's like, wait, you know, it's not a problem. It's, it's a completely different, it's a completely different mindset. Yeah. I've got myself into now. Uh, I'm going to fire through these because uh, we're coming up to, uh, our time slot this will probably be a two-part maybe it might be i'm not sure at least the next episode uh, we'll see we'll see what we fancy talking about next week yeah, i'm not gonna yeah. promise anything if it is i'll just call it the cassettes part two well, this, that's it i'll call this one the cassettes well you know this this podcast series is just one giant conversation anyway so yeah yeah whatever um and then what did we play uh, 500 Miles. Ah, there you go. yes. So 500 Miles is sung by the Proclaimers. They're Scottish. And it's about walking 500 miles for the one you love. And I would walk 500 miles. And it's actually walking, walking a thousand. Sorry, they do walk 500 more. Yes, you're correct. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> um, so we thought, ah, oh, let's get everyone, you know, maybe we could use this part of the set to get everyone up who hasn't been up yet. You know, get get them a bit involved and do it. Let's do a conga line. So, if you know what conga line is, it's where there's someone at the front walking, kicking their leg, kicking their left leg, then kicking their right leg, walking, kicking the left leg, and everybody is following them with their hands on the shoulders in a giant snake and copying each other. And so the plan was, and it happened most of the time. It's very very good. You know, we did it. Sean would go down with the wireless bass. He'd play bass. I would sing from the stage, but Sean would lead this conga line. And there were some amazing ones that, that we did. Like, remember that massive, um, the, the, oh, I can't, there was like a thousand people there. And I swear you took all a thousand people out of the door <laughs> following you. And you went so far away that your bass cut out and you went through yeah. the arcade. And so there's me singing. When I wake up, yeah, I know I'm going to be. I'm gonna, and everyone's leaving the room after Sean. I actually remember I went outside. So I went out the venue, outside into the arcade, which is connected to the venue. And then I went outside. Into the car actually, park. Outside, into the car park <laughs> and then kind of turned around. And then I realized the distance I'd traveled, I really panicked that I weren't going to get back before the end of the song. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. So you started speeding up, and everyone goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, "Yeah!" And so there's me playing to a completely empty room, and it was really cool because Sean, he was we, you know, he timed it well. He always tried to get back to the dance floor at the front of the room for the last chorus of that song, and so it meant that everyone who was originally sitting down, not really involved, they get up, they follow Sean, and then at the end of the song, they end up on the dance floor, and there's nothing to do but dance. So it's actually like, it worked. It was such a good yeah. thing to do, you know. Um, but so, some gigs we played were also very small. And we played this um, this working men's club somewhere. I, can't, I have no idea where it was, you know. Slash bingo. Yeah, sorry, bingo club slash working men's club. And there was probably about 30 people, 
Yeah. Something like that. And uh, they were a bit older than our normal crowd. There was no kids there. They were probably like 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, I'd say. Something like that. Maybe there were some people who were older, actually. And uh, they, like, they only resonated with like the old songs like Ring of Fire and Brown Eyed Girl. And then we'd play like Ed Sheeran. They'd just be like, what? Yeah. What's that? And we thought, okay, well... We get to the Proclaimers song, 500 Miles. I think, right, maybe, maybe we can do it. I didn't think it was going to happen, no. but because um, we played Ring of Fire, we played, um, you know, cause they're going to know Ring of Fire. They're going to know Brown Eyed Girl, you know, but the, the kind, these kind of people, they wanted to hear like sort of like um Motown sort of or yeah you know like that that kind of stuff it's like a lot of we were the wrong band for the occasion yeah. like I don't know why we were booked. an error in Garston's uh oh, history I mean they they weren't to know at all it it wasn't Garston it, we got booked for that show it was it got nothing to do with them oh and oh was it was it that show? oh no it was a different show where the woman was like you haven't played You've cut your. Yep. You played yep. three minutes less than you're supposed to play. Get back on that stage and play another song. I've paid for this amount of time. Yeah. That was when we hadn't played "I'm Yours" for a long time, and we had to go into the van and quickly learn it again. In the gap, remember? In the break, yeah. Yeah. So we we had to play every song, even the Ed Sheeran songs. And then what normally happens, obviously, 500 mile, we get a conga line. This show was n- not an exception. <laughs> and it was so funny. I was like, right, come on, everyone. We're going to play 500 Mile. Oh, sorry, the song starts. Dun, 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 dun. And over the top of that, I'm like, right, Sean, let's get a conga line going. You, you step off the stage. You walk past the first table and you, you put your arm out. You do your little fingers like, come on, you know, <laughs> flick it like, come on then. And then the, the person at the table goes, no. And you go, okay, and you move on to the next table. Oh, still jolly, still moving for now, still smiling. Get to the next table. Come on then, come on, come and join it. Nope. And then you get to the third table. Everybody's just looking away. They don't even want to make eye contact. <laughs> they don't want to risk it's it. <laughs> it's like it, it's like you were trying to collect money or something. <laughs> they were just like, nope, <laughs> not me. And it got to the point where I started laughing. You were just walking so slowly with your head hung down in shame. But there was a guy at the bar I tried to get involved, and before I got to him, he just went into the toilet. With his <laughs> <pint>. <laughs> and you I remember you were just at the back of the room, not a single person following you in this conga line, a sing a one person conga line. <sighs> and we just started laughing and um like I, I said when we first tried to record this podcast, like the laughing thing, it was like half genuine laughter because you looked so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but also it's like inside I'm like, fuck's sake, like this just isn't happening today. And like, the laughter is a way of masking that and covering that up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes it's about the money. You know, music has never been about the money, but there's some shows. Yeah. Never shows, with Led by Lanterns yeah. for me. Never never with any no, originals no. band for me. Well, because there's no money. <laughs> well, there is no money. Yeah. If you play a bad show, it's just like, oh, shit. You know, you learn from it. It's not, there's nothing to learn from when you do cover bands. You either, you go and you earn money and you, and you come back. And if you can 
have a great time bonus yeah and we managed to get that bonus 95 percent of the shows yeah, we played. Yeah. it was just a few like a few shows that we played like this that was just a bit tough yeah um yeah i mean so obviously we're, we're we're over an hour now i think there's a few more stories to tell regarding this cover band for example gareth gates and um yeah. there's you know there's a lot of other stories but maybe we should keep them keep them for next you know for the next podcast uh shall i leave a little note um, yeah definitely and then we'll okay. we'll get on to that next time but i think we should wrap it up for today i mean there's there's uh unless you wanted to get to the end of the set list quick. oh i might as well yeah because yeah, after on. this oh yeah okay so after this song we played angels by robbie williams yeah. which was our last song and then we came on and played an encore and i think at this gig that we were talking about now um I don't think there was an encore. Yeah, we was just there. left. <laughs> I think that was the only time we didn't play that that, that song. What was the encore? Like, even what was the even encore if they song again? Teenage Dirtbag, oh, yeah. which was brilliant. Yeah. We played that. Uh, we played that at a show, and they had a massive LED screen behind us, a little bit like like the the down music video. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, that was great. That always went off, and it was such a good show. And at the at the end of the shows, for some reason I don't know why, but they'd you'd have like some of the kids that want to have a picture with the band, and like it was always such a nice sort of feeling. Like we've done we've done a good job here. Yeah, it was and like we've earned money. It was nice. You know. Like it was kind of weird having photos with people when you're in a cover band, but it's obviously still enjoyable and nice. But I always just would think like, would I go and see a a cover band like because the people who were there watching us weren't there for us they were there for their family holiday and they'd be in that room watching whatever band was on that stage do you know what i mean so yeah. so to then have photos with them afterwards when you don't really know who they are they're just playing other people's songs and it's not like it's not even a tribute act it's just a cover band that play loads of different acts you know yeah uh i never really fully understood it uh, so it kind of made it more rewarding when they did it because it was like well we must have been that good that they feel like we're an actual band or something, you know, which yeah. is cool. Um, okay. So I'm just, I've literally, I've wrote pontoons instead of pontins. All right. So I've li literally just written a few. So this is for me and you, Chris, and for everyone else, a little bit of only you, Chris will understand the stories behind this. Okay. Everyone else will have to tune in next week <laughs> or not next week, but next time we do a podcast uh, to f figure out what, what the hell we're talking about. Gareth Gates. Yeah, I know that yep. story. That is brilliant. Yep. I've put... Now... Right. Don't say anything. Just headbutt question mark. Right. Ooh. Let's move on. <laughs> 500 miles in Scotland. Oh, yeah! That was the time that you yeah, kind of kicked off. Right. And Pontins. Yeah. Me and you will talk off air if if we're even on air right now. But it, we'll t we'll we'll talk in a bit and we'll we'll come out with a few points yeah, and we'll yeah. I think I think there's definitely one more episode. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's but, also we you know we we can use the next episode to talk about um, Val's involvement with us as well. Let's actually put that put that down because Val. Val was a great friend of ours. I want to talk about how we met her um, and how she is actually featuring on uh, one of our new unreleased tracks as well yeah yeah um yeah so yeah it'd be nice to talk about her as well that's definitely there's definitely a whole episode there um but for this one i think we've, if we've reached the end of the set and you're happy sean hopefully yep. hopefully you enjoyed some of those stories about me saying we fucking love him in front of <laughs> people and uh, how sean's overcome well you know at least at least Definitely overcome to an extent 
that yeah. anxiety issue. I don't think, I think it's an unachievable goal to, to think that you will never have anxiety again. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, it's before Christmas. This is Christmas Eve that we've recorded this. And uh, so if I can get this out before Christmas, probably won't. But I hope you've had a nice Christmas or yeah. I hope you I have mean, a nice we, Christmas. I mean, should we try and get this out tomorrow? I mean, obviously it's probably not going to happen. Should we try and get it out on Christmas Day as a Christmas gift? Mm, we'll try. If I can get it out tonight, I will. Yeah. But I don't think I will. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I hope you've had... I'm going to say I hope you've had a nice Christmas. Yes. And... Uh, a happy new year to all of you. I really appreciate you guys for listening. Um, yeah. Anything, Chris, before end, no, end of the year? No, same for me, honestly. Thank you for everything you've done for us this year, all the support. Yeah. Um, and we'll see you on, a, on our next Twitch stream, obviously. Twitch.tv forward slash Led by Lanterns every Wednesday at 9pm. Mostly, mo- sorry, most Wednesdays at 9pm, <laughs> except for when I yeah. can't do it. Um <laughs> And yeah, uh, thanks again and uh, happy new year. (laughs) Should we end the year with an oh piss? Oh piss.